I thought that was a horrible alcoholic beverage. You're thinking of Zima. Yeah. Those of us who did not get the invitation for the Zima launch party. It wasn't Zima. We already knew that it's a, a horrible alcoholic beverage. It was Smirnoff Ice. Makes you do stupid things like challenge Mark Henry to an arm wrestling match when clearly he will rip your arm off. Excuse me. It was Smirnoff Ice, number one. Number two, that's just my natural state. For business owners. Joe is just a little little butthurt because he was a Bartles and James man. Okay. <laughs> By business owners. To a commercial waiting to happen. This is the Primed Income Podcast. We talk about brandable chunks. And we talk about audio cues and stuff like that. And that's granted. That's towards an, a radio ad idea, but it works for TV ads. Most of what makes TV ads work is, is the sound more than the, the video. I'll go to the grave saying that. I know people who are big into like cinema will say, no, it's visual storytelling. And there's, there's truth to that too. And there are visual brand codes, but it are, there are things that help people identify the ad with you. When you see the golden arches, you know who that is. You don't have to see the whole logo. The golden arches enough is like McDonald's. When you see a certain red and white and a scripty font, it's like, oh, that's Coke. It doesn't even have to say Coke. It could say refreshment or, you know, have a smile, share with a friend or something like that. And that red and that white and that script would be like, oh, that's Coke. You could see the outline of a bottle and be that's Coke. So those are brand codes. Sonic brand codes would be like, they're great. You hear that, you know whose cornflakes you're buying. The ho, ho, ho of the Jolly Green Giant. The snap, crackle, and pop. Back when ads built major, major brands, they relied on this kind of stuff way more than modern advertising does. And modern advertising doesn't work as well as old advertising. Giving you what we call brandable chunks, slogans and phrases that people hear that can identify with you, audio cues, background music, your voice. These are all things that help people say that's, oh, that's an ad for Joe Schmo chiropractor. And that is as important, if not more important than having a differentiator that says we're better because. That brings up a new thing. We've talked about USP and actually should be distinctive to separate yourself from the competition. But you said something interesting in there that is modern advertising doesn't work as well. Is that because there's so many more places where ads are being seen that we're dismissing them so much more? And in that, I mean, areas like PPC, park bus benches, whatever. There's a lot made about like, oh, you're exposed to 10,000 ads a day. And they don't really mean ads. They mean like little pieces of branded content, right? Like you open up your fridge and you see all the packages and they're going to say, you were just exposed to a hundred ads, <laughs> which I think is kind of crap. But, you know, interestingly, they went and tried to find the, who did the science on this? How did they actually come up with that number? And it's crap. The person from Yanklovich that put that number out wouldn't even stand by it as anything more than a guesstimation. When people actually try to measure the number of real ads, legitimate ads, so, you know, billboards on the road, ads on the radio, banner ads on, on your screen, the number is somewhere between like 75 and 160, depending on who counts and when they're counting. And some people are exposed to more ads than others, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. 
I don't think people are exposed to significantly more ads now than they were 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20. And maybe they're more than the 80s. I think it doesn't work as well because so much emphasis has been put on the short term, right? One of the things that the digital revolution did was talk about every lead is trackable. You'll know which ads are working. You can get them to click and buy right now. There are customers in the market right now searching on your product and you can get them right now. And that focus on the short term has harmed investment in long-term brand building, right? And I think the other thing is that there's been an overemphasis on media placement and spectacle and an underemphasis on brand strategy and and brand messaging. So when a digital person comes to the table with a buyer has intention on this thing because of their search history, they start researching it and those cookies start leading a trail down the road of eventually somebody's going to buy. In that regard, that tells a business owner, well, if there's buyer's intention on this here product, I need to get in front of them at this time. But that takes away from talking to the other 95 to 97% of the folks who are in the market in the next year or three. Yes? Yeah, there's a couple problems with that. And that's one of them. First, it's extraordinarily expensive to talk to people right now because everyone wants to talk to people right now. It becomes a bidding war. That's why cost per clicks can be up at 30 bucks a click or 40 bucks a click or more than that for something like mesothelioma on every lawyer. <laughs> and there's no guarantee. It's just for the placement for that person to click on it. Once it clicks, boom, the money's gone, oh, right? Yeah. Like if you want to feel better about life, go search on something that like a private injury lawyer is bidding on <laughs> and just click a few clicks. <laughs> take, take some money out of their pocket. So it's expensive. It's very expensive. Your cost per lead is going to be very, very expensive. And the, the conversion is, is, is quite worse, low. Right. Whereas if you're speaking to the other 97% using mass media, the cost to reach those people is, is shockingly low. It's pennies on the dollar compared to, to speaking to them right now. The other thing is the second worst time to talk to somebody is at the moment they need what you sell. If it's the first time you, you're talking to them. The second worst time to introduce yourself to a prospect is when they need what you sell. The worst time is right after they need what you sell and they bought from the competitor, right? But only slightly better than that (laughs) is getting them at the moment because if you get them at the moment, then everything you say is going to be interpreted as bullshit sales pitch. You're going to try to tell them that you're not the low price guy, you're a premium guy, and you have service after the sale, and you care, and you use quality stuff, and it's all going to sound like so much blah, 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 Charlie Brown bullshit, he's trying to sell me. Apart from massive charisma and extraordinarily salesmanship, you really can't sell differentiation and quality at the moment when they need what you sell if they're just being introduced now. Whereas if you get them before, and you get them to like you a little bit and to think that you're an honest provider of the real goods, now they can come to you pre-sold and believing that already believing that you're worth a premium. And that's how you not only get more customers, but you shorten your sales cycle. You don't have to rely on extraordinary salesmanship because you might have one extraordinary salesperson and it might even be you, but you're not going to have a team of them. So you're never going to scale. They're pre-sold. You don't have to rely on extraordinary salesmanship on in person. 
they already know that they're going to pay a little bit of a premium. You're not getting beaten down by the low price bidders. And you've already established that bond with them. That's a huge reason why you want to focus on the long term. And it's a huge reason why an over-focus on the short term, I need to put leads on the board right now, can harm your advertising. And unfortunately, if you tried radio and it didn't work because you gave them a bunch of copy points that were bullshit and they put a bullshit ad on the air, you're stuck on the paper crack treadmill, which means you're overpaying for leads and you're getting leads who aren't particularly sold on you to begin with. So the idea is to get a memorable message out before the time of your product or service is needed. Create a bond with the person who is listening or seeing your company. That way, when it becomes time for you to need that, they've already got a notion that they like you. Yes. If you've done it properly for long enough, they will skip the pay-per-click mosh pit entirely and go straight to you. They're not going to put in chiropractor near Springfield. They will put in Joe Schmo chiropractic. You'll either get that lead for free or you'll get it for pennies on the dollar because you're going to show up first anyway, even if you're bidding on your own name. They're going to be cheaper to acquire. They're going to be higher conversion and they're going to be higher margin at the end of it. We have a partner who was able to do that research for a gigantic HVAC company who was able to track it, not just all the way through to being booked, but track that job all the way through to the sale and the profit. And what he found was generic industry terms either lost money or made very little profit, whereas branded terms, they're searching for the company name or their brandable chunks, those led to huge profit. They were very profitable for all the reasons I just said, right? They were cheaper to acquire and they converted better and they had much higher margin. What is the difference between a PPC and a ZMOT? ZMOT is a Google term meaning zero moment of truth. And that's the moment at which they need what you sell and they're trying to figure out who to buy from. For them, that's like, that is the moment you want to show up. What I just tried to explain is if that's the moment you're introducing yourself to them, then you've already kind of failed. They've already It's not got as bad as introducing them just after that moment, <laughs> but it's not that much better. That's why we call him the professor, Jeff Sexton. Find more professoring at primedincome.com. All right, Evan, turn the recording off.